Well, hello and welcome. Season two, episode seven of the world famous Bicky Podcast. Um yet again, a no show this week. Uh but the ninety eight point five percent man is back. Uh Grievo, where were you last week? Oh boy, mate, I'm so sorry. Like <laughs> I I felt awful. It was just one of them I just couldn't get out of it. It was one of them ones where it just came up last minute and just, yeah, proper shit. And I felt terrible. But I did very much enjoy listening, finally, to a pod that I wasn't on. Yeah. Um, really enjoyed listening to that. So, yeah, great work all around. Yeah, it was an interesting pod, a different, different style. But that's the point of this season. We haven't got a set style. We're just, we're just chinwagging. We're just doing it. We're just... Exactly. But... And, and while we're on the... Um... What we're talking about last week's pod. This is a direct. This is a direct statement at yes. the wannabe third member. Yeah, mm-hmm. fucking Brookside. Who do you think you are, pal? <laughs> seriously, seriously, right? I know your basketball coach when you were twelve didn't gave you some lovely feedback. No, you're not good enough to be a member of this pod. <laughs> you're not. Don't tell him that because he'll just want to prove us wrong. Fucking do it. Go on. Like, what's he gonna do? <laughs> we just won't invite him. He's not part of the chat. You don't know. This is very true. He's not. He's not even in the group chat. And we talk about these things. Yeah. So, yeah, you're, you're not good enough, mate. So, get over it. In all honesty, I think the the discussion now, considering that yet another no show from from Chug this week, yeah, is whether we actually have any third member at all. Just two. Just a duo. We, I think we just branch out on our own, to be honest. Okay. Um. Um. Yeah, Vicky and Reva, just complete rebrand. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that out there for for the boys to stew on. Um. If 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 you're not, uh, if sorry, if you're listening to this and you agree with what we're saying, please do DM us. We'll please. make it happen. If, you know, we probably are. You know, the favorite too. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I get stopped all the time in the street. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done a few autographs. Um, your mother is a huge fan. She is, mate. Actually, yeah. She 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 comments quite a bit, and I do I do enjoy it. Yeah, she preferred last week's when I wasn't on it. Um, it <laughs> says a lot about our relationship. But she's a big fan of the pod. Yeah, I mean, she was proud of the mental health one. To be fair, it's nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. Um, yeah, but how have you been then? So it's two weeks. What what have you been what have been doing? What's what's work life like? What's been busy? Yeah. yeah. Um, just not Brexit stuff, but sort of like ripples due to Brexit yeah. in, the, in the old customs world. Um, change of systems, new stuff coming in. Really exciting things, which yes. I'm not going to go into in the pod because <laughs> we, will, we will lose three of the four listeners we have. Is so that, is that clear? I'm not going to go into it. <laughs> How are you, bro? Yes, we are. We are getting there. Um, bit of a tough week this week, which again I won't go into details, just in case anyone from my company ever <laughs> listens to this. <laughs> but it has been a tough week. Um, but things look forward to. I've got five days off next week. Nice. I'm actually going down to Plymouth for a Ooh. couple of days. Me and uh, Harry are going to pop down. Lovely. Do some bit of reminiscing. Um, Enjoy so that. I'm sure. I'm sure I'll hit up Brookside and and our someone we've actually never mentioned. Uh, from our group, Nathan. I'm sure I'll, I'll give him a little message and uh, see where they are, what they're doing. Dark chocolate. 
Yeah, dark chocolate. <laughs> the chocolate orange, the Lockie Road trio. Unbelievable. <laughs> That'll be a great pod. Does us three chat at Lockie Road? <laughs> I think it would. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I mean, now that you're sort of dipping back into the mm. fray in terms of playing playing on the, the PS with us all. Yeah. It's been a while since he's, he's sort of been around. But yeah, I think I'll, uh, I'll introduce this to him. Love it. Um, but yeah, so yeah, and then the second week of October, about a week off again. So even though work is pretty shit at the moment, it's I've got I know I've got time off to unwind from it, and we're going to the Peak District that week. Lovely. Yeah, we were supposed to go to Budapest, but they changed the flight, and then there was all this talk of possible October lockdown. And I thought, fuck it, let's just let's just stick to the UK. It's going to be a lot easier. You know, I prefer that anyway. So I rate right. it. You know, I prefer UK trips. Yeah, is that, yeah, it's true. Yeah, very very true. Um, so yeah, that's that's me. Um, Shri. Jump in to the usual uh, segment before the main pod. Uh, yes. That is the Vicky Breakdown, which will have a jingle in 2022. Look forward to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll do something. Okay. Uh, <laughs> any news stories? <laughs> any news? From that, even for you, you've got two weeks of, to, of news to talk about, if you, if you so wish. Yeah. I, as I wasn't on last week, I've got two weeks to catch up on. I thought I'd bring you two animal-based stories well, and we love animal based stories here we do normally yeah. they're happy these are <laughs> these are special these ones um i will read the headlines first and I, I, you can say which one you want us to do first yeah um the first one swarm of bees killed 60 penguins by stinging them in the eyes that's the first one um that's the headline that's the headline i mean it kind of gives the whole story away well Yes. Um, from your expert journalist point of view, is that a good headline? It's a fantastic headline. Uh, you should be able to know the whole story within the headline and 40 words. So they've done pretty well, to be fair. I appreciate that. Um, and the second one, uh, 73-year-old man lucky to be alive after allegedly being mauled by rabid beaver. Unkeen for beaver. You're keen for beaver. See, yeah. I read this headline and thought, that sounds like a cracking night out, being mauled by a beaver. Yeah, definitely. If you don't end your night with a beaver, what are you, what are you doing? Not, I don't know. I, I, I've never not ended my night with a beaver. <laughs> um, but Mark Piacini from Greenfield, Massachusetts, uh, he had a torrid time with a beaver. He was um, swimming uh, in one of like, the local lakes and stuff near his house yeah. and this rabid 50 pound beaver went at him essentially not sure why uh rabies is probably the the main cause of the uh, of the attack uh he said apparently sources claim don't know who the sources are he said from multiple puncture wounds flesh torn from his arm and legs scratches and lacerations over his body and scalp and a torn tendon on one of his fingers. So uh, it sounds like he got fucked up. Yeah, damn. <laughs> First joke, love it. Uh, yeah, um, that's that's pretty. He's alive, is he? Is he? Oh, he's alive. Yeah. Is he critical condition, or is it just sort of they like sort of fleshy type wounds? Well, he's currently undergoing treatment for rabies. Um, and has a fractured knuckle on one hand, mostly, most likely from punching the beaver. So, 
You can't blame the beaver for that one. That's mm-hmm. a damn fault. Yeah, but, uh, apparently the skirmish lasted around five minutes. Um, which seventy-three? I think any skirmish with a beaver which lasts five minutes is a good good old time. That especially for seventy-three years old. Um, is he a pretty fit seventy-three-year-old? There's no uh, there's no pictures of him. Just uh, there's four pictures of beavers. I don't know whether they are the accused or just beavers. <laughs> I bet they're just beavers. <laughs> they could just be beavers. Um, but I mean, it's quite harrowing. He said, at some point I said to myself, if I, if I stop and fight him one more time, I'm going to drown. Luckily for Mark, that didn't happen. And, um, he's recovering, but poof. I didn't know beavers could be that aggressive. No, I I guess any, I guess most animals are aggressive when you challenge their, uh, territory. Very, yeah. Perhaps you, perhaps they're actually generally trying to build a dam. In that in that river that he was swimming in, yeah, or maybe, maybe. they were had little cubs flying around somewhere. Yeah, but well, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe, maybe their tax got increased. Oh, interesting! I've read further down. He needed oh. to ride his bicycle a mile and a half back to his car, and then have to drive to the local medical centre. So it's a, it's an old deal for a seventy-three-year-old. That's some effort. I could do that. And I've not been attacked by a beaver. No. Perfect. Yeah. So, you know, from all of us at the Biggie Podcast, I hope you recover. Yeah. And if you, um, if you listen to this. Please, please. Yeah, Mark, get no. into contact. We'd love to have you on the pod to yeah. talk about the ordeal. Yeah, definitely. One of these days, these these um, call-outs, so it's, well, it's going to work. And we're going to have one of our stories actually on the pod. I can't wait. I just can't wait for that day to happen. Yeah. What about the bees and the penguins? Well, thank you for asking about the bees and the penguins. I shall move on. Um, I found is, that you, is that how is that how we got to describe how we describe sex of children now? Penguins and the bees. Yeah, the penguins and the bees. Well, the penguins are birds. Well, that's true. Um, yes, but I don't think eyes come into it really, do it? Does it? Are you in, are you into eye play? I I argue that. Attraction and the desire starts with the eyes. It starts with absent for me. That's true. Um, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I found this story on the Metro. Um, Harrison Jones, uh, he wrote this story. Um, little, little plug for you there, mate. Um, so is, if this is your big break, you're welcome. He's just two bits. He's, he's it's just two bits for everyone. Look, he's going to be on BBC News soon. Yeah. You watch. Yeah. Um, yeah, so a swarm of bees kill 60 penguins by stinging them in the eyes. Uh, dozens of endangered penguins were killed by bees in a fluke accident in South Africa. A wildlife organisation has confirmed. The swarm of insects repeatedly stung the sea creatures on a beach. The, the, the Southern African Foundation for the (laughs) conservation of coastal birds, said on Sunday. So it's a recent attack, this one. Um, 63 penguins, to be precise, uh, lost their lives on this very day. Um, They they are endangered, this particular uh, species of penguin, so that's not good. I think I went to that penguin island, or whatever it is, penguin reserve, when I went to South Africa. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Pretty sure we saw some penguins, yeah. It is near Cape Town, so you might do Yeah, yeah. 
So, so were the bees? I like how many? How many bees? I don't really like. I can't get me up on the logistics of sixty-three penguins being mauled by bees. I mean, it just says swarm. So, um, why did they, why were they attacking? Did they were the penguins a threat to them? What's what? Why were no they? One... No one really knows. Like I said, it's a freak accident. It's an absolute anomaly. Um, a freak accident. I'd I'd love to go on an absolute mass murder of sixty three people and everyone go out oh, a freak accident. Fuck it. This is very true. Um, <laughs> uh, apparently, the penguins had no other injuries other than the stings, uh, while a number of bees also died. So there were casualties on both sides, which is a, it's a real this shame. A war. This is a civil <laughs> war. <laughs> yeah 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 um friday actually was where the attack happened uh the flightless birds were found this is the thing surely as a penguin you go into the water right escape the bees yeah that'd be yeah, my first thought that's logical um so really did these penguins deserve to die i mean the whole um, what do you call it? Moral, I don't I suppose, of the theory of evolution is survival of the fittest. Yeah. And clearly these penguins stick as shit. Yeah, so they're not ever gonna be the fittest, so they don't deserve to survive to survive. No, exactly. Um further down, uh, this this made me laugh and I don't know why it did. Um <laughs> But there was post mortems done on the on the penguins, and I just I had an image in my head of all these sixty three penguins lined up in a morgue, <laughs> just on these tables, getting probed. Yeah, I'm picturing a detective walking in, like, what's the situation then? Yeah, yeah, like you know, on silent witness, but they pull back the sheet, and it's yeah. just a penguin with puffy eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, done yeah. in there, done in there. Um. So, yeah, basically all the penguins, multiple bee stings. Um, but this does mean there's a high risk of extinction. extinction. I can't speak tonight. Uh, Bloody hell. Extinction of this species due to this freak attack. So, um, well, I imagine that this species are only in that reserve in South Africa. Yeah. I'm assuming. So, I'm assuming that however many penguins I've got in this reserve are, is it. And 63 of them have just been wiped out. So that is a huge chunk. Yeah. And with a penguin, how high can they, like, get their flippers? I don't actually know. I've never seen it. Because they can't really Obviously waft them. More David Attenborough. Yeah, they can't waft them away. I mean, I've seen Madagascar, and they're yeah. pretty nimble. But I don't think that's true to real life, is it? Uh, I, well, it's, I'm not sure, to be honest. So, yeah, just picture the scene, just... <laughs> Hundreds of penguins running around being attacked by bees, not being able to swap them away, just wiggling their heads. Yeah, just yeah. yeah. Condolences to the families of the penguins. Yeah, and the bees actually that died. Um, fatalities on both sides. Um, it's a tragedy. Really. Is the fact, yeah, if any of the penguin families want to get in touch for any sort of emotional support, uh, DM us, obviously. Yeah, we're here, we're here for an animal, man, woman, dog, cat. I mean, that, that is an animal. So anyone, everyone, and anyone, we're we're here for you. Yeah, but the good thing is, you know, the the, fam- the family of the penguins, uh, they're already dressed up for a funeral. So this is true. 
yeah, they're set up. So they'll save some, save some costs there. Mm. So that, that, yeah, no need to hire a tax. Ah, on to more normal stories then. Okay. <laughs> um, well, there are no normal stories, are there? Just things a normal story. Um, I guess keeping our theme, we've chatted about uh, Ronaldo a couple of times. He's obviously four goals, three games now. Um, we spoke about your wild claim that he won't score twenty goals, and yeah, he's, he's on target for it. Mm. But yeah. I still stand by it. I mean, yeah, he's done very, very well. But all of his goals, the keeper should have saved him. Very tired, yeah, definitely. So when the goalkeepers realise that, you know, it's just Ronaldo, just yeah. stop the just stop the shot. It will stop scoring. Yeah, I agree there. Oh. And I feel like yeah, United will drop off at some point. I don't I don't know if they got enough to keep it full season. No. But your Man City fourth is looking looking pretty shit out at the moment. You laughed at me. I did, I did, but it's looking pretty good. It currently they're losing to Brighton, so yeah. yeah, it's looking good. It's looking good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't like any. Do, do did you hear our uh, segment last week? Our new segment as part of the Bicky like a a segment within a segment. Oh, your um things I found funny. Yes. Do 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 you have anything? Do you want, we don't have to do it every episode, but do you, have you found something funny in the last two weeks? Funny enough, I'm so glad you asked, my friend, <laughs> because I have um, something. I I was in the office. Um, yes. I'm in there most days, but I was in there specifically last week uh, discussing the weather. Yeah. Uh, classic office chat, and something that I've always found confusing and um, quite laughable is that if you go on the Met Office in particular. They say, you know, at 10 o'clock, it'll be 16 degrees. Yeah. But it'll feel like 18. Yeah. Why yeah. the fuck do they do that? I know. I know where you're going with it. Yeah. Yeah. That is funny. If it feels like 18, then it is 18. Surely. Yeah. I guess probably the science is about humidity, but... How, how, how can the temperature be 16? But feel like eating. That's they, they don't do it with anything else. Like you don't. If I, get a... if I boil water at hundred degrees, yeah, touch it and go. Oh, that feels like hundred and ten degrees. Well, no, no, because water boils at hundred degrees. Don't feel yes. like hundred and ten. It's a hundred. And what my body feels temperature-wise might not be someone else's. Yeah. So, and like you wouldn't get, you wouldn't get a calendar, and I'm like, oh, I wonder what day Christmas Day is on this year, and you go, oh, Christmas Day is on a Sunday, but it'll feel like a Tuesday. See, see that—that that is another funny thing about about what we say. Yeah. Everyone gets to like Wednesday, and they're like, oh, "Don't it feel like a Monday?" Yeah, don't it feel like a Monday? Yeah. They don't do that oh. on the calendars. No, no, they don't. No. No. That is funny. You, you, yeah, I mean a good one there. That is a funny thing. Right? Yeah. If it's sixteen degrees, it's sixteen degrees. Yeah. You can walk into a shop and be like, "Oh, that'd be sixteen pounds." I've got ten pounds, but it feel like sixteen. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work anywhere else. Can I, can I have a pint, please? Well, I got half a pint, but it'll feel like a pint. Yeah, I'll have the chicken. It'll feel like pork, though. 
<laughs> I I also want to know the 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 percentage when they do rain. Yeah. It cannot be any more or less than fifty. It's either gonna rain or it's not gonna rain. You can't have a twenty-two percent chance of it right. No, it's gonna rain or it's not gonna rain. It's fifty-fifty. I find that funny as well. You can't have a five percent chance of rain. No, no, no. It's either gonna rain or it's not gonna. Yeah. Rain. Apparently, though, on that, it's not chance. It's not percentage of chance it's gonna rain. Right. It's what percent um, of the area you're in is going to be covered in rain at that time. I see. Apparently. Well, if that is true, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Because you li- it's either going to rain or it's, or it's not going to rain. There is, there is no other way it can be. No. So you cannot have a 2% or 23% chance of rain. No. Well, it could be sunny. It could be cloudy. It could be snowy. There's lots of weather. There's not just two. I know, but I mean, the chance of rain is either it's going to rain or it's not going to rain. Yes, it's true, isn't it? It can't be anything else. No. So, yeah, Uh. weather. Weather is funny. Weather is... We'll put that in the funny box. Weather. (laughs) Put it in the funny box. (laughs) Where are you keeping this box? (laughs) (laughs) It's like Room 101, isn't it? This is our very own Room 101. We've now... We've got... Seatbelts on buses and temperature with the weather. Yeah. What it actually is and what it feels like. Yeah. Okay. And percentage of rain because it can't be any more or less than 50. No. No. If there's any um, weathermen out there, Derek yeah. from BBC Wales, if you're listening, yeah. mate, you're a, you're a legend, you. Get on here. Who's he... the BBC Breakfast one? The lady. Oh, in. Carol. Yes, Carol it is. Carol. Yes. What a woman. Carol, can you please explain to us the percentage of rain? Yeah. What does it mean? Someone who I do like, weather woman, uh, ITV News, Lucy. No, no, I don't reckon much. I don't really watch ITV much. I'm more of a BBC man. She's an absolute salt, mate. Honestly. Yeah. If, you, if you're listening, <laughs> slide into my DMs, please. <laughs> uh, she is special. <laughs> oh, amazing. Um, if you, if you know, you know. Lucy, ITV News. Fair enough. That's a good way to use that. I actually don't know. So, yeah. but I will find out. Yeah. Right. That that covers the the Vicky breakdown and segment within a segment. Something I find funny. Yeah. That that funny box is building up nicely. What a box! Or should I call it a funny pack? Like a funny pack. A funny pack. A funny pack. I like it. We're gonna call it a funny pack. Funny pack. We're going to wear it everywhere, everywhere we go. It's, it's an imaginary funny pack that we're walking around with and we're like, I find that funny. We'll pop it in there. We'll bring it out on the next pod. Pop in your pack. There we go. Sorted. Uh, yeah, this week's um, episode. Um, I always say this as if it's a surprise, but it's in the fucking title of the pod. <laughs> but I was, I was going to say, what I was about to say was because it's the two of us, I reckon listeners can probably guess what we're going to talk about. Yeah, there's point in saying that because it says it on the title of the pod. Mm-hmm. So yes, we are going to be talking about uh, rugby. We we broke down the prem season a couple of episodes ago. Um, but as you all know, our main interest is rugby, um, and the fact that Chuck could be available sort of gave us an opportunity to talk about it. Really. Mm. So yes, we're going to talk about the prem season. I I won't say upcoming because it has actually started officially now. Only one week, but it's still started. Um, we're going to talk about the uh, latest England squad. Um, 
and then obviously the upcoming sort of internationals, um, and then our own rugby, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if you're. We'll see. Where. We'll see if you're going to get back into it. <laughs> There's not a lot of me to talk about my own rugby. <laughs> <laughs> I'll listen to what you got to say. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the season started on Friday. Yeah. It was last year's table toppers versus a bunch of cheating cunts. <laughs> I hold it Bristol raised. Bears versus Saracens at Ashton Gate. I was there. Ooh. First game back with a full stadium. So, you know, you're thinking Friday Night Lights. You're thinking, here we go. We know how Bristol played last season. Um, can they continue that? That, that progression they're on? Uh, we know that Saracens haven't got their big boys, so are they going to be slightly weaker with that? Uh, and we couldn't have been more wrong. It was it was a very boring game, and it was a very Saracens game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't actually watch it, but from listen, well, talking to you and talking to lots of other people, it, it was a classic Saracens performance. Just was. boringly efficient. Yes, yeah, because if you look at the stats, Bristol, more possession, more line breaks, more carries, less missed tackles, less tackles made, but more penalties. The big earner. Basically, that's what Saracens did. Kicked it, defended, kicked the penalties, and then by the time they scored the try, it was like towards the end of the game, so, you know, Bristol was sort of given their all. So, mm. so, yeah, it was a very, very Saracens game without 10 of their best players. How many tries were in the match? Just that one. Just one try? Oh. Yeah, 26-9. So, Bristol, yeah, Bristol only got three penalty kicks. And they got seven pens plus a try? Yeah. Ooh, stinker. Yeah, it, it was not <laughs> It was not great. And again, I think something that played into that, Brist- Bristol definitely were kicking a lot more from Andy Uren at nine. Yeah. And there is that fifty twenty two rule that's come in. Um, mm. And from the evidence so far, it looks like a fucking shit rule. I actually quite like it. I guess this game, the kicks weren't, they were more box kicks than actual genuinely going for, for the fifty twenty two rule. Yeah. I, think the, I think the plan was meant to be do a load of box kicks to the, down the middle of the pitch so that it brings the wingers and the fullback more central. Mm. And then the fly out can kick to the wings and kick it into touch to get the line out. Yeah. But Saracen has defended quite well, so Bristol but Britain Bristol didn't seem to change from that tactic. Okay. Um they they did they definitely tried to attack. Saracens didn't even bother trying to attack. I don't think he had <laughs> one attack apart from the try. Which is just frustrating. Mm. But Charles Piotr is out here and in careers so that yeah, let, let, let's talk about the positives of Bristol because Piet, that step. <laughs> this is just. Ah, uh, it happened like 10, 12 times last season. You know exactly what's coming. Ben Earl was the one that fell for the step and he just played with him for a whole season. So he knows exactly what's coming. I mean, Ben Earl, while you're down the shops, mate, get me a Cornetto because <laughs> that was disgusting. I. Uh, uh, Oh, <laughs> uh, there's no words for it. The, uh, the, when uh, I first saw it, this is the noise I made. <laughs> I made that noise. <laughs> it was that good. I stood up at my seat. 
in the stadium. I think I was like, one of the only ones around my area standing up. I was like, yes, that's... I was like, fucking sick. Um, and it was very close to a try. It would have been up there for a try of the season already. Oh, disgusting. But that's what I mean. Brist- Bristol have still got that in them, which is nice to see. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Saracens are just an absolute winning machine. Just their, their DNA is just so strong. Um, and what I like about Saracens, I don't like, don't like a lot about them, but what I do like is their sort of like um, progression system and their coaching. So, yeah. um, like, they, 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 they'll have like a um, recently retired uh, ex player come in and be sort of like down in the academy. And then when people um, sort of leave the, leave the club to go to different roles, they just promote from inside. Oh, uh, yeah. So that they keep that core value throughout their coaching staff, and then eventually you, you know that you'll get up to like you know a number two or number three, and it's just I like that because it does keep the identity of the club. That's, that's why the whole I don't want to talk too much about it, but the whole scandal with them was surprising because they haven't had many big big money signings. No, and a lot of their the core of their squad has come through their academy. Mm-hmm. So they, Genuinely, are paying them fucking shit loads of money to break the salary. I know there are, there are dodgy deals going on, like starting businesses up as a way of paying them. Yeah, but if you look at like Bristol, we've had huge, huge signings, like genuine actual signings, like in your Pietal, your Randrander, your Sinclair, your Nathan Hughes, and all that. And we are over the cap, but yeah, they they never seem to sign anyone massive. They just oh, this boy's come through the. Academy, he's the next big star, like a Tojay. Yeah, and yeah, it is. It is good that they do that because, and that is what Pat is trying to do at Bristol more. Mm. And like, yeah, like the Saracens did what they did, and they're, they're going to have to wear it for years. Like, if you look at Harlequins and Bloodgate, yeah, they they would be reminded of it sort of like seven, eight years down the line. Um, yeah, and to be fair, there was no, there was actually no hostility at the at Ashton Gate. No, no, not much. No, I don't think I heard booing it at all. And I suggest normally in in rugby that booing is done in sort of a comical banter banter way. But there wasn't anything. Yes. To be fair, okay. to be fair to Bristol fans, there was nothing. Even when they won, there were, you know, you could have easily just booed at the end, you know. Yeah. No, because I mean, I think I like I said, a difference between rugby and football that like. Those players would have been absolutely slated if it was a football game. Yeah, and because like of COVID, no one's been in the stadiums for. Yeah, I think everyone's just happy to be there. Just happy to be there, yeah. Yeah, it was good, and I am going again uh, next weekend to the bathing. Oh, Bristol bath. <laughs> Always a good one. Twenty thousand going so far. Love that. Yeah, love being back in the stadium. But yeah, then after that game, the rest of the weekend was fucking sick. That was literally the, the boring game, the only boring game. Yeah, um, I mean, it, yeah, both of our teams didn't really go off to the best. No, sense. but I'm, uh, I am also happy that Genge got his you know, first captain, first win against. Yeah. Um, arguably the best team of the last sort of two, three years. Friend of the pod, shall we say, loosely, uh, Ellis Genge. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Captain the Tigers for the first time, um, and he was un- he was unbelievable. Yeah, I think he was awesome. Um, and that's the thing, like Leicester, sleeping giant of English rugby, have been for about five six years, 
and they just looked different. Yeah. Like, Borthwick's gone in and done an unbelievable job. But I think what, what really impressed me um, for Leicester was their defence, just the intensity. And that's because um, Kevin Sinfield has come in. Uh, yeah, yeah. Leeds Rhino, legend. Yeah. And, I mean, he, he's just he's done something to him because the intensity was unbelievable. Yeah. My, the, the, the fuckers run, what did he do? Seven marathons in seven days for yeah. a like I'd listen to everybody says. Yeah. Happily. I'd follow I yeah, I'd follow that man into war. Mm-hmm. So I imagine that's what most like most people would feel with him as a defence here. So like, yeah, I'm I'm doing whatever you say, mate. Like that's fine. Yeah. And like, you know, we, we, we could blame the Chiefs performance on the fact we were missing ten squad players, but then a lot of teams were because of the internationals and the lines, that sort of stuff. Um but yeah, to the end of the day, lines dot lines. The Tigers we're just they were they, they they were better than us across eighty minutes, um, and we we ex- Exeter weren't bad. It was just yeah. Leicester were better. So yeah, and it, and a, a lot of you know a lot of people say that English rugby isn't the same without a proper Leicester Tigers team, mm-hmm. and, it's, and it looks like it's getting back to that now. Yeah, I I, I genuinely think there are. I think there's definitely five teams that have got a great shot of winning it this year. And there's three more teams that you wouldn't be shocked if they won it. I think there's now eight teams that could genuinely got a sniff of this, which, yeah. is, which is great. Yeah, it's, it's quality. Um, yeah, so moving forward, let's, let's continue with that, with that theme. Mm-hmm. What, what are your top four winners predictions? <sighs> So before before this weekend, I was saying Saris, Chiefs, Quins, and Sharks. Okay. But after this weekend, that's completely changed. Like I can't, I I can't genuinely can't think. I I can't I can't even say one. I think will definitely be there because, like you say, there's there's eight eight or nine floating around. Yeah. Before you'd be like. Oh, Saracens will always be top four, and it's just the other three have got a battle for each other. But I can't—I don't even think I can even say that to be honest. No, I, I like think one per one team is guaranteed. I think it's genuinely all four places that are up for grabs. Yeah, like um, like I said, Quins—they went away at Newcastle and got a bonus point win. But even Newcastle are good. Yeah, like we're, we're, when we talk about the England squad in a bit, we're going to name a few Newcastle players that are outstanding. Yeah. Um. And yeah, like Newcastle look good. Sale with all the South Africans and that they've got that are going to come back in. But it's just scary again. Look fantastic. The, the only thing we didn't see is wasps, and even they, yeah. they've got some quality running through that side. Yeah, well, we we got Bristol first game, their first game, our second yeah. this weekend. So that's definitely going to be interesting. But yeah, obviously, yeah. So we know we've got Saracens. They'll be they'll be fighting. You know, we've got Exeter, um, Bristol, Quinns, like you've already said, Sale, Newcastle. Northampton. Northampton can do a job. Gloucester looked decent last season. They just couldn't get a win. Yeah. If they start getting wins, that's confidence and it breeds breeds more win in. Mm -hmm. Leicester. Bath. There's nine there. Bath. We've got unbelievable backs. There's ten. Yeah, I think... I think Worcester and Irish are definitely the two lacking. Mm. Who's the 13th? 
It's 13 this season, isn't it? Uh, uh, the... Yeah. Yeah, so Wasp, I don't think Wasp are a top four contender, but they can certainly cause some upsets. Yeah. But yeah, I certainly think Worcester and Irish are slightly behind. But again, Even... Irish have got a decent team. <laughs> Irish have got a great team. Worcester have got a couple of players, Van der Merer coming in and... Mm. Yeah. Hugh yeah. Jones. They've got, they got some Lions coming in. Yeah. Worcester. So, yeah, again, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think them and Irish will challenge for top four, but they'll course them up. They'll, they'll have an impact on who is top four. Oh, massively so, yeah. That's, that's what's... Yeah, that's, that's... It's one of the good and bad things about uh, rugby and the way it's run. It's in the Prem, there are, yeah, now 13 solid teams. Could all, anyone could be anyone on their day. Mm-hmm. And then after that 13th team, there's there's nothing else. No, that's all England have got in terms of elite tier clubs. Whereas in in football, you've got the Prem's already twenty teams, and quite a few of the Championship teams when they do get promoted and get their chance, they do hold their own. Look at Brentford at the moment. So, you know, football's got twenty to thirty solid elite tier teams, whereas rugby's only got thirteen. Yeah, well, I think Cornish Pirates would probably argue that that they've only got thirteen. Yeah, but again, like like I said, you. you Put them as fourteenth best, and then the yeah, rest definitely. are just. I mean, Ealing, Ealing got a good, good system. They were, they actually were top of the championship. They were mm-hmm. right. Saris were actually second. Yeah, but then they lost like a hundred like, points. points on aggregate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's exciting. That one league is exciting, but it, it would be nice to see more from grassroots upwards. Yeah, and I think it's like an unpicked market. Really. There's so many good champ players that just would make an impact, like in, yeah. in the Prem, but smashing it down the champ instead. Definitely. What is your top four then? Have you had to pick? Someone's got a gun to your head and you've got to pick. I think, like, if you asked me this a week ago, I probably wouldn't have put Sarri's top, but. I forgot about Saracens being <laughs> Saracens. Yeah. So I I think they will probably finish top. Um I want to say Chiefs second, but I, there's something not quite right with the Chiefs at the minute. And I I don't know what it is, whether Baxter bit, can fix it. Bit of a man city vibe, aren't they? Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. Um of course they'll be top four. So I'll I'll stick them third. I'll stick Chiefs third. Um who is going to finish second? Do I put the Bears there? <laughs> Maybe. I'm going to sit the Bears fourth. I think it's going to be, I think, Le- fuck it, Leicester second. That's great. I, I was, I was going to say similar. I would I would probably switch Bears for Quinns. Okay. As, Ooh. As, as a Bears fan. Yeah. Not because of uh, Friday's game, because I, I, that's just to put it behind us, but even before... I didn't have Bears in the top four. Like I said, I, I had Saris, Exeter, Sale and Quinn. So I didn't even have Bears before the season started. Mm. Just because they've lost Earl, Mallins and Siali Piatow and no one's been bought in. No. And even though they've got a great, a fantastic first 15, I worry about the bench because the bench is quite big in rugby. Mm. There are some great players on the bench, impact players, but I don't think there's enough there when when we've got the Six Nations coming up. Um when Piatal and Randrander are destined to get injured at some point, 
where who's going to cover that? I worry, I worry about that side of things for Bristol. Mm. If you could, yeah, if you could have the starting fifth, if everyone had the same starting fifteen, no one ever got injured, no one ever got un, un, unfit, and it, it was like basically playing fucking career mode on FIFA. Everyone yeah. just stayed the same. I would put Bristol in top four, but because you've got to think of the injuries, the internationals, the fitness, I just worry they haven't got they haven't, they haven't quite got enough. Yeah, I mean, like you know, if we're gonna just do it based on fifteen, first fifteen, I wouldn't put Saracens top. I don't no. think Saracen's got the best fifteen, but they've just no. got they've definitely got the best thirty. Yeah, yeah, that's the trouble. Yeah. See, so, yeah, I'm not worried about Bristol because to be top of the table last year is, you know, to win it is like extra. Well, Pat Lamb said anything less than a final appearance is a failure. And it's it's I mean yeah. If you if you if you talk about progression every year, that's that's literally all we've got left to do. Mm. Final and, and win it. But that yeah. that's you, you know, that's tough. But if you look at it just that, if Chiefs don't make the final, it's our worst season in seven years. We yeah. made the the last six finals. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? But yeah. It's 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 gonna be a great season. And the fact that they've ring fenced it in their relegation. I think we means we're going to see a lot more attacking rugby because it's nothing to lose. Unless you're Saracens. Unless you're Saracens. Yeah. Fucking Saracens. I just wish they'd come out. To, I'm not saying we would have won, but I just wish they'd come out to play. You've just been away for a whole season and you still come and play that boring rugby. Like, why? As a player, I'd be like, no, I want to play, lads. Come on. Yeah. But if, on. If, if you play, you know, circus rugby against Bristol... I know, they probably would have lost, but... Yeah, there's only one team that can, and that's Quinns. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Who, who's going to win it, then? Oh. Your top four is... Yeah, Sarri's, Exeter, Sale, Leicester. Um, no, I put you boys in there. No, I, 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 I didn't put Sale. I, I, think, I think Leicester will make the final... Which, if, if I've put Chiefs third, Leicester's going to beat Chiefs in the semi-finals, what I've said there. So, Saracens or Bristol? It's going to be a, a Saris-Tigers final. Oh, tasty. Um, we're going to see Ellis Genge lift it. Yes, we are. Yes. Tigers <laughs> to win the old thing. <laughs> yes, we are. I I we're gonna see a Quinns Tigers final. Oh, fuck it, why not? Quinns are gonna go back there again. I just love I just love the way they play. It's yeah, fresh. yeah, it's Fresh-y. nice. Yeah. Cool. Let's um have a drinks break and then we will move on to internationals and other miscellaneous rugby. Sounds fantastic. <laughs> You are listening to The Bicky Podcast. I hope you're enjoying this episode. If you haven't already, please send us some feedback to thebickypodcast at hotmail.com and even give off, give us a follow on Instagram at thebickypodcast. But for now, back to this week's episode. Enjoy. Back to part two of episode seven, where we are talking about 
rugby, the rugby season. Um, and yeah, we broke down our top four, we broke down the weekend's fixtures, we predicted our winners. So let's come away from club rugby and talk about internationals. Uh, the England team has just been literally just been selected. Was it yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. So a nice fresh England squad by the look of it. New new faces. Yes, there's eight uncapped players. Um and there's quite a lot of the so called old guards that have been left out. Um both of the Vinopolas is not there. George Ford isn't there. Um Eric Daly's not there, but that's just because he's injured. But yeah, I, I think yeah, uh, um, yeah, but it, it looks like essentially, I think what Eddie Jones has done is he's named this squad because I think we are how far are we out from the World Cup? Two years, 23, yeah, yeah, two years out now. And he's gone, Look, I know what you've done for England in the past, these are the boys that are wanting your shirt. Prove to me that you've got what it takes to reclaim it. I think that's just, uh, I think he's nailed it there because Eddie. He's he's a game player, yeah. Um, so I I don't tend to read too much into the training squads <clears throat> because it's only three days of training. Like it's a it like it's a tough ask to prove yourself in three days. To be fair, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think what he's done is just shown a couple of boys like, and obviously that the Lions boys probably do still need that rest. Because yeah. obviously they they wouldn't have trained or played with their club, so to are they allowed back to play this weekend or a weekend after? They're not back until sort of mid October. Oh, um, really? That long? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've had a proper long break. Um, so yeah, that's going to contribute to some of the players missing out. Yeah, um, I'm not surprised at believing the player. I don't think he's been great for England for quite a while. No. Uh, yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. He didn't. He didn't do lions, and he did. Uh, he did play against Bristol, and I didn't really see much of him. In all honesty, I know it's hard because Saracens didn't really attack, and that's what he's more known for. But yeah. yeah, I think he was quiet. I think he has been quiet, and I think he he knows. I think he's got a lot that he needs to address himself. It seems like mm. he's got some demons that he's fighting. So I'm not really surprised at that, um, and. You can't keep ignoring Sam Simmons, so it's about time. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, come on. Like, Sam Simmons is just an absolute monster. Um, and I, I saw a comment from Eddie Jones. And again, if you're listening, mate, I want you to answer me this. Right? <laughs> he claimed that Sam Simmons is now in England squad because he's proved that, like, you can, you know, Get get stuck in around the ruck and be more physical. No, it's because Gatlin picked him. Yeah, and he was he was all right for the Lions. I mean, the Lions was. I'll, I'll forget about the Lions. I think I already yeah. have. Um, yeah. And Eddie Jones has gone. Oh wait, you know, if I don't pick him now, I'll look a right mug. So that's the reason yeah. he's picked him. And to say, yeah, that he's improved on getting stuck in. Most of his tries come from like a mall. You can't get more stuck in than, a, than in the middle of a bloody wall. No, I, I like Eddie Jones, but he just he he loves to stir the pot, doesn't he? Yeah, massively. Which is why I don't take much, to pay too much attention to who gets picked at these training yeah. squads. No, should we go through the squad? Yeah, have you got it up? 
I do. I couldn't remember 45 names. So no, I, I, I was about to say, I really should have put that first, but I'm glad <laughs> you did. Yes. Um, in the forwards, we've got Jamie Blamier from Newcastle. Yeah, Callum just... Chick from Newcastle. Luke Callum Dickey from Chiefs. Tom Curry from Sale. Trevor Davison from Newcastle. A lot of Newcastle, actually. Alex Dombrant from Quinns. Fallery deserved. Again, about time, yeah. Yeah. Charlie Yules from Bath. Genji from Leicester. Joe Hayes from Leicester. Johnny Hill, best left boot in the world from Exeter Chiefs. <laughs> Ted Hill, very much like Ted Hill from Worcester. Yeah. Uh, Maritoje, Saris. Jack Kenningham from Quinns. Again, fantastic end to last year. Courtney Laws, the best lines there's ever been from Northampton. Yeah. Lewis Ludlam and Lewis Ludlow, Northampton yeah. and Gloucester, respectively. Big Joe Marler from the Quins. He's back. Um, George Martin, very impressive for him from Leicester. Yeah. Uh, Benno Urbano from Bath. Yeah. Big, bloody big unit. Yeah. Um, Gabriel um, Ugre, I think you say. Uh, oh, Wisps. yes. Yeah. Sam Riley from Quins. Yeah. Bevan Rod from Sale. Sam Simmons from Chiefs. Carl Stinkler from Bristol, Will Stewart from Bath, and Sam Underhill from Bath. Um, very good. Like, there's there's not many people that I would say are missing from it. No, I, I like I said, I'm already not. I'm not surprised at Billy. Um, I do think Mako is just getting past it. Yeah, I think it is time for Ellis to take take the reins. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also a couple of Newcastle boys are at play there as well in that. Um, having said that, Joe Marler is there. <laughs> just, I love uh, it. I love it. I just, I just fucking love that. You can't, you can't ever begrudge him being there. No, and he's played exceptionally well. Uh, he was the best, like, best loose head in the Premier last season by far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is huge. It is unbelievable. Uh, we're up to the backs. Uh, Mark Atkinson of Gloucester. Um, he's 31. This is his first call-up. Yeah, it's, it's a, that is a surprising one. It is, um, but it just shows. You never, it's never too late, boys. It is, yeah. Never too late. Uh, Owen Farrell from Zaris. Uh George Furbank from Northampton. Um, last time he was called in, he had a bit of a stinker, didn't he? He, he was... Yeah, it wasn't I great. Yeah, I think I've never seen much of him to be honest. From for Saints, no, um, he's solid, but yeah. I, I think there's going to be someone else further down this list who's going to start at fifteen. Yeah, um, Ollie Lawrence for Worcester. Who yeah, I, I want to see more of. Yeah, he, he's not been he, given the, the chance. No, nah, he's been playing thirteen and not getting the ball. Yeah, uh, so hopefully he gets a sniff. Um, Louis Liner from Quinns. Yeah. Uh, what what a story. Yeah. What a dad for starters. <laughs> yeah. What a dad. That's that's trouble that carries a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah. He got he gets picked at all with Bragg the test or the Six Nations. You better fucking play. You better show up. We are playing Australia. Oh that is true. Well, yeah. That'll be go on Eddie. Shove me in Eddie, go on. <laughs> um Max Malin's now of Sarries. Um, Joe Marchant, Joe Marchant of Quinns again, cracking. Um, yeah. Johnny May from Gloucester, always there. He's always there again. I think his time needs to slowly come to an end soon. There are certainly some contenders to his shirt coming through. Yeah, 
Uh, Rafi Quirk, Quake, Quirk, yeah. Sale, Sale, Scrum Off, uh, Faf, the Clerk, point two. Yep. Um, Adam Radwan, the fastest thing <laughs> on the planet. Yes. Um, the real Egyptian king. <laughs> um, <laughs> unbelievable. What, like, oh, <laughs> it's just disgusting. Yeah. He's talking, so yeah, good. talking to Johnny May's place being taken. There you are. There he is. Um, yeah. Harry Randall of Bristol. Again, yeah, I think he he could be the next one. Yeah, uh, there needs to be someone to come under that nine shirt. Um, Dan Robson. Again, not really pushed Ben Youngs at all. No. Considering how long it took him to get a transfer in, he's not really taken it. No. Um, Henry Slade, extra Chiefs. Always, Probably know. the most consistent centre we've got. Um, Ollie Slight Home, Rapid. Yeah. Yes. Rapid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rapid. Um, Marcus Smith of Harlequins. What a the lovely most face. player in the world. What a lovely little face. Just. Um, oh, when he plays. Yeah, oh, I love watching him play. Really? He just enjoys it. Yeah, I mean, I, it, he was awesome for the Lions as well. His little cameo, he was unbelievable. Oh, it's just, it's just what you like to see is someone genuinely enjoying it. Yeah, because yeah, that... obviously I've seen there's a lot, there's a lot of um interviews of Johnny Wilkinson. He didn't actually enjoy playing because no, because he was so analytical, thinking about absolutely everything. Next job, next job, next job. Make this kick, you know, make that pass. He never actually enjoyed playing. No. I think Marcus Smith is the complete opposite. He he enjoys playing, he just lets it come to him. He he is magic, you know. Yes, he is. Our goose stepping Filipino. <laughs> um <laughs> the future best fullback in the world, Freddie Stewart. Yeah. Oh mate, he's so good. <laughs> he's so good in the air, that boy. <laughs> he loves it. Um Manny Tuolangi, he's back in the squad. Fit again, hopefully. He's excited. Yeah, oh just yeah. The one that got away every single time. Yeah. Um, what, what could have been if he was injury free for his career? I mean, oh my god. god. He, he would yeah. have been like not him, him and non yeah, exactly. It would have um, been that level, yeah. Anthony Watson of Bath. Yeah, deserves more of a chance. Yeah. I think at fullback, not wing. And the Blended. Centurion Ben Youngs of Leicester. He just needs to get in the bin. Yeah, he was just there to just sort of like Look after the kids for a bit. Yeah. To be fair, I again I've never interview about him, and he does a hell of a lot in training. He 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 takes those you know like your Harry Randalls and your whoever else is going to be there, and he does generally like want to train them. So pr- that's probably why he gets keeps getting picked as sort of an unofficial coach. Yeah, I think, he, I think same for Leicester. I think he does do a lot with the academy boys, and he he want he knows his time is sort of coming. Mm-hmm. I think he's genuinely interested in seeing someone take over his shirt. Yeah, but I mean, he played very well on the weekend. So he did actually, yeah. And again, he—I've always said I—I I personally think scrum half is the most important position in international rugby, and also in varsity rugby as well. <laughs> <And in varsity laughs> yeah, yeah I always thought if Ben Young is on it for England, yeah. we, ain't, we ain't losing. No chance yeah. we're losing. But if he, if he is kicking in shite, we're we're losing hundred percent. I think it's the same South Africa. If Fafta Clerk's on it, you ain't stopping them. 
If his yeah. kick is on point, you are not stopping them because they play off that. Yeah. New Zealand, Aaron Smith, if he's flying, I know Ben and Barrett is a world class player, but if Aaron Smith is providing him, then they are unstoppable. But I just think scrum half at international level is the, the most important position. Yeah. But the thing is with New Zealand is if Aaron Smith's not quite doing it, there was a big one <laughs> Paranara. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're just insane. Enough about them. Also, interesting. New Zealand have only just reclaimed their world number one ranking. They've been off it for two years. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. Which yeah, is it's probably the first time in I can remember that they've not been ranked number one. Well, I assume it's been South Africa, has it? It's been the South, yeah. And it has also helped with the global pandemic and no one's playing for 18 months. Yeah, that's very true. That's, that's helped. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm. But um, is it Tonga, Australia, South Africa for playing in the autumn? Yeah. I think so. so. And um, interesting, actually, considering what's, what's been happening down under lately. Back to back Aussie yeah. wins. When when that when those spectators were selected, you were thinking Tonga easy win, Australia easy win, South Africa's the real test. Now you're thinking Tonga easy win, Australia, big fucking test. Yeah. South Africa will still be a big test, even though they have had a bit of a dip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's gone from sort of two you think you're gonna win those and one proper test to one warm up game and then two proper, proper tests. Yeah, I think I saw a stat the other day where um, England have beaten Australia by at least 10 points in their last nine matches. Which just shows how far Australia went off the boil. Yeah. Would that include the World Cup? Uh, from the World Cup game, I assume. Well, in, just in the last nine matches, they played against each other. They played nine times since the England World Cup. Uh, yeah, probably. We play them a lot, don't we? We never play New Zealand. Never. No, I, I mean we we did go on a tour down there like three years ago. So Africa's Australia, me. Yeah, that's summer really tours. So. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. think it'll be an interesting game this one. I like Quay Cooper plays. Fucking love Quay Cooper. What a comeback! Is you talk about Pierre Tau's there? I think like three years ago, Quay Cooper was bloody playing club rugby. Yeah, like he dropped that low. It was only like a few months ago where he, he was denied citizenship in yeah. Australia, and now he's smashing yeah. it at ten. Not even an Australian citizen. Mental. I mean, yeah. Quaid ha- ha- Cooper versus Mornay Stain. It's just lovely to see. Yeah, that's what we want to see. Bring Toby Flood back for England. <laughs> <laughs> he's just retired, isn't he? Properly. Bring him back. Uh, bring him back or Andy Goo <laughs> yes that's like, that's unfair <laughs> that yeah that one that's elite <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, what is get, what's your starting team then from from that training squad it's not necessarily going to be the uh, squad for the test but from that training squad who do you think Eddie's picking as to put the bibs on for training Christ um, I think Genji's got to be at number one yeah uh, I think Luke Cowan-Dickey number two I think he mm-hmm. showed it in, for the Lions that he's fantastic yeah uh, Stinker at three yeah 
Uh, Mara at four. <laughs> that is a saucy front row. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> Mara at four. Um, oh, this is where it's in. I really like Courtney Laws. But, yeah, okay, I'll stick Courtney Laws in there. That's fine. Yes. Yeah, Laws is in there. Um, and then you've got the Underhill, Curry, six and seven. Yeah, I, th- I think I probably would, because of the six and seven partnership is 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 quite lightweight. I'll stick Don Brandt in at eight to start, and have Simmons off the bench. Yeah, I think that'll probably work. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I still think on current form, no one's pushing Youngsy out that nine shirt yet. No, no, Ronald's not had a chance to show his form yet. So no, um, I think I'm sure he will by the World yeah. Cup, but I think I still think right now Ben Young's got a little bit to offer. Um, you've got Golden Bollocks, Marcus Smith at ten. Um, if everyone's fit, Manu twelve, Slade thirteen. Yeah, I I, I like that combination. Um. Oh, Marcus Smith just playing on the line trying to feed Manu. <laughs> um, With the option of Satan going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, Back for Fre- I think, is our most intriguing set of positions now. Yes. Uh, Freddie Stewart, 15. Yeah. Uh, I've said it before. Um, <sighs> wingers. I would like to see Radwan get the shirt. So I'll stick him at 14. Who's going to be my number 11? For experience, I'll stick Anthony Watson on the wing. I, say, I, I want to see Watson at fullback, but I can't not pick Freddie Stewart. No. Or I'd have to put Watson on the wing because I still want Watson in there. Yeah, and you know Johnny May's been fantastic, but feed the Radwan, feed him. Yeah, definitely. Solid, solid team. That. Mm. That's the thing. It's such an exciting England team. Yeah, but is Eddie Jones going to just be a knob about it? I mean, that's, I that's what I'm worried about. I love him, but is he going to be a knob about it just because the media are going to? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I didn't even say Farrell then. No, you didn't even consider it as, as Marco Smith straight away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have to agree, I think it's time. Or do you reckon this, these tests, it will have Smith 10, Farrell 12, just to coach him through a bit? Possibly. Um, I mean, he's gonna, he, he is going to go with Farrell against Australia and South Africa. Yeah. He, he's not, not going to pick Farrell, whether that's 10 or 12. Because um, we need to get a bit of a winning streak back. It's not been great the last year. No. But if is Farrell what he used to be? Is he is he the difference between winning and losing anymore? He used to be. Yeah, but you, you, I mean, he's had he's had a tough twelve months, like most England players have. Um, but he has had an exceptional career, and he's still oh, yeah. he's still world class. So yeah, definitely. Me not putting Owen Farrell in the team isn't me saying he's shite. 
I it's, would it's, just, a, it's saying we want to see Marcus Smith. I just want to see Marcus Smith. Smith versus Quaid. <laughs> just step on each other. Uh, just step versus the Quaid step. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Rugby. Love it. I just love it. Yeah. That, oh. that is. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited for the future of England. Yep. Um. What else is there? I mean, there was there's a big thing happening next year potentially. Uh, World Twelves. Have you seen this? Oh yeah, yeah. It's trouble is our 15s isn't perfected yet. No, there's a lot of a lot of shit. You know, we're getting rugby is going not downhill, but it's it's not looking good at the moment in terms of how it's. All these law changes, how difficult it is now. So it seems like they've created a. But again, it's they're trying to create a fast-flowing, fun game, but that is sevens. Yeah. So I don't really see what where twelves is going to fit in, and what the what the. I I think that the main USP for it is the fact that it's franchises, and you can like, literally pick, like it's like a draft, isn't it? Like you can, you can have someone like Marcus Smith and Bowden Barrett in the same team, which would never ever happen anywhere else. No, yeah, they get that. It's it's like the big bash cricket, isn't it? Yeah. Again, it's it's very American. And I know the American <laughs> Americans know how to fucking sell it, and how to make sport really really exciting. Like they fucking love the NBA draft, the NFL draft, but. We are America, and I want to stay. I want to keep the British identity. I think that's a very American identity: franchising and drafts. Yeah, but unfortunately, we are trying to preach to an American market, considering they're yeah, hosting the, the World Amer- Cup in American six years. World Cup. I want to fucking go to that, but um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe in Canada. Yeah. With them. Mickey's in Canada. We'll get. Uh, we've got contacts there. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Crash on your sofa, Mick. <laughs> yeah, I. We'll see how it goes, but I think it's it's a uh, it's being used as a distraction from the issues in the 15s at the moment. Yeah, and it's just working out how they're going to fit it in. Yeah, how they're going to fit it in, I don't yeah. know. But it's just while well, you look at the boys that have just been on the Lions, it's just a full season with Six Nations and Internationals into the Lions back into a full season Internationals November Six Nations next year World Twelves yes. World Twelves into a season Internationals Six World, Nations World Cup yeah. just like what the fuck that's mental but I would like to see it because I, I I think the franchise idea is exciting yeah, is it like I say it is exciting? It's, but yeah, it is very American. It would be funny to see Smith Barrett ten twelve. Yeah, be great <laughs> with some like shitty Georgian centre next to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'd love it. And then, yeah, back three of Colby, Stewart, and Radwan. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Oh, yeah. 
rugby. <laughs> just love it. Just love rugby. <laughs> Speaking of your love for rugby, yeah. you you're playing at the minute. I was I was your season started. <laughs> Not great. Oh. Not great. Yes, eighteen months without a game. January twenty twenty. Yeah. Yeah, January twenty twenty it was but yeah. January twenty twenty was my last game. Um Never really been properly injured before in, in my rugby career. Comes in, a little pre-season, a little pre-season run out, flew off the cobwebs. Uh, actually got put a fly half, which is the first time I've ever played there. Um, and I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I can see why Marcus Smith loves it so much. Because <laughs> <laughs> you just get the ball all the time. You, it's, it's all on you and it's nice that... You, I, before, I would never play black because I didn't want the pressure of everything being on me. Now I've experienced it, I like that everything is on me. Yeah. Sort of thing. Obviously, when it's all going wrong, it feels shit. But because that game we won, and it, uh, for the time that I played, we were going very well, I was enjoying it all being on me. Mm. Yeah, so I played about an hour. Um, and then, yeah, I we were deep in our 22. I was going to do a clearing kick into touch, realised that their full-back and their open side wing had rotated around quite a lot because they thought I was kicking down the touchline. So I I opened my body up and kicked across, sort of like a cross-field kick slash clearing kick to our wing, winger on the far end. Yeah. He's got it. Um, I've followed my kick, as you do, uh, and I've got received a little offload from him. So I've made a break. So obviously the fullback's fucking... Um, eating dust basically, um, <laughs> but then their center, or, or I don't know, whoever, whoever caught up with me, tackled me from behind, so I jump nearly jump over their shoulders. And I've, as I've thrown an offload, um, obviously, my arms come across my body, my wrist is bent under my body. I've landed on that. I thought I'd break my wrist, but no, I've torn all the tendons basically in my wrist. Oh, lovely! Yeah, it's getting there now, there's a lot more movement. You consider it used to be that. It's yeah. That. Nice. Um, yeah, so I'm going to be out. My first official season game is this Saturday, so definitely not this Saturday. Mm-hmm. I reckon two or three more weeks. Because it's, yeah, I don't, want to, I don't want to rush back. No. Yeah, really annoying. Really, really annoying. 18 months out, <laughs> and I'm not even going to play an official season game until mid-October. November. Yeah. <sighs> Just more time to watch rugby. Exactly that. I got BT Sport. I'm going to all Bristol games at the moment. So, yeah. Fuck it. Silver lining, mate. That's me. Are you going to come back playing anytime soon? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> um, uh, just no one could afford me. That's the issue. Yeah, it's just yeah well, I quite high wage demands um <laughs> now i my annoying thing is like i go and watch like a local game and i'm like i want to be out there yeah. i really want to be out there it's just urge. i'm like yes i'm gonna do it and then it gets around to tuesday and i'm like fuck training <laughs> i ain't doing that to be fair i don't train um <laughs> so yeah yeah i mean yeah i fucking i love playing i'm gonna play for as long as i possibly can mm. I, I know as soon as I get back in it, I'll love it and I'll, I'll keep doing it. I just need to make 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 the plunge and actually do it. There might be a way to help with 
Tough mother prep. Very true. Because obviously, yeah, forced fitness is really hard to do. Yeah. But rugby training is like fun. So, but you're also doing fitness. Yeah. It's that sort of. Yeah. I heard there's a certain thirty that now needs a new ten. Yes. Yes. Uh, there is. <laughs> then you fly out, got injured in the first game. <laughs> Uh, we'll see watch this space man we'll see oh I just want to play again now hate being injured (laughs) got it oh yeah I'd already asked to move to centre that was the plan for this season Mm. I wanted to be more involved and then I got put a fly half and you can't get more involved than that no it's that or nine that's it exactly yeah that's the most involved players Mm -hmm. yes but I will be back and yeah I'll be scoring lots and lots of meat pies. I have no doubt about that, mate. Yeah. Anyway, that seems like a, a nice place to finish. Yeah. Um, it's been a good rugby digest digestion. Yes. Words. English. It's it's been tough, mate. It's been a, <laughs> it's been a tough one, but it really has. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, hopefully we'll have Chug next week. Possibly, yeah. possibly Brookside. We 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 are wanting to get our FIFA tourney uh, guide to FIFA tourney pod done because that's basically that's what we've been doing through lockdown. As we as we explain more in that pod, so hopefully next week we'll do that. If not, we'll do something. So we shall see you all then. Love you, bye. Love you, bye. <laughs>